0: what is up hello there my name is jessica patching bunch you can call me jpb and this is brain body resilience this is a podcast dedicated to growth human development and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more hello my friend and welcome back to the brain body resilience podcast i'm your host jpb and this is episode number 121. Wild stuff. We just keep going. So today I want to talk about control because I see it as both a source of stress and possible tool to use to manage our response to stressors. So we're going to start with uh, just when I think of control, I think about an overwhelming sense of need to control everything around me, That I don't currently have, but it was not so long ago. Um, Trying to control others' opinions of you, trying to control what happens around you, trying to control what happens inside of you, controlling your thoughts, controlling your experience, having the goal of controlling for power over something or someone else, always expected to be in control of yourself or something else. and feeling out of control. These are all really common ways that a lot of us um, engage in this relationship with control. And so I want to talk about it. There's so much here. And I want to start with the, you know, relational fuckery of trying to control other people's opinions about us or how others experience us. And this one takes up so much mental space and energy, and it doesn't need to. I read an article that, uh, touches a bit on this referencing the book, the Celestine prophecy, which I highly recommend if you haven't read it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and that is by James Redfield who I learned in this article draws from the work of Ernest Becker, who is an existentialist psychoanalytic cultural anthropologist. There's a lot of words there. Looks at, uh, all kinds of things with people in their interactions. So if we're looking at the difference between power and choice uh, under this umbrella of control, where power is control over what other people do, and choice would be control over what we do, our own outcomes. And two distinctions that were made uh, along those lines in the Celestine Prophecy are the interrogator and the intimidator the interrogator constantly questions and criticizes the behavior of others. And the intimidator uses violence or threats of violence to get others to comply with his or her wishes. And I want to add that we can often turn those things inwards against ourselves as well. That harsh inner critic and judge that a lot of us know and are well acquainted with. Um, There were also two other uh, passive forms of trying to control the interaction with others in this book, the aloof and the poor me, where the aloof acts as distant and detached, uh, only kind of speaking rarely vague cryptic ways. So the silent treatment or cold shoulder type business here, um, which makes other people do all of the work in trying to communicate and coordinate any activities or anything like that. And in that is manipulative. Which is, it's amazing when we see how often this is used as a skill because of a lack of, I believe it to be anyways, because of a lack of understanding of how to communicate what it is that we're feeling inside of us, how to understand what is happening and then have the ability to communicate that outwardly to others. And the other example here is the poor me who constantly whines and complains about their struggles which is a strategy meant to make others feel kind of guilty about asking the the poor me person to do anything um, and possibly excusing various kinds of behaviors. Most of us have an idea about what appropriate behavior is. And it becomes fuckery when we try to change people who do not follow our ideas. And this is something we have very much normalized within a broader social context. People will use negative labels like lazy or foolish, wrong, in attempts to persuade people to change their behavior that they don't like. And usually those come with um, the reasoning that I just want what's best for you, or it's because I care. when really, we're just trying to make people do things or see things or, or think about things in the way that we do. And that's not necessary. So When we can see these attempts by others to control us as a presentation of their own inner world, their ideas and not about us, then we can a little bit more easily let that criticism, the complaints, the disapproval, even the praise hold less impact on us because it's all coming from another view, not our own, from somebody else and their idea about what is right and what should be. And when we see ourselves engaging in this type of relational fuckery, which I've used this a lot during this episode, and it is a term, by the way, that I have adopted from James Olivia. If you haven't heard that episode, please go back and listen to that. I had such a blast recording that. And then go check out their work as well. So when we start to notice our own fuckery, we, we can then interrupt it and recognize that our need to control the person or situation or thing in front of us is our own need to feel safe and secure in our locus of control. And I was going to go into a full kind of thing about the locus of control, because there's a lot to say there. But I think it's too much for one episode, because I really want to give it some time and space. And so I broke it down. um, And that will be actually the next episode. Or no, it won't be the next episode, because the next episode is the first one of March. And that will be another guest conversation, which I am having so much fun recording these and I am so excited to share them with you. So that will be coming up next. And then I will do the uh, locus of control for the second episode in March. But if we remember that the worst thing for the brain and nervous system is lack of perceived control, right? Lack of control and uncertainty, because then it doesn't know what's going on, and it doesn't know how to predict something, so it doesn't feel that sense of safety. With that, some sense of control over our lives is a natural desire to feel order and stability and safety, so that we can function and do day-to-day things. In psychology, control refers to a person's ability to um, a person's ability or perception because remember, the perception piece is huge. How we perceive something is, can be drastically different than what somebody else perceives something, you know, a situation, even if it's the same situation, given every experience that has ever shaped us, and that other person. So then our outlook, our lens through which we see the world, our perception will be different. So in psychology. Control refers to a person's ability or perception of their ability to affect themselves, others, circumstances, environment, uh, including regulation of emotions, thoughts, actions, attention, all of that. And I think we all know someone or have been someone or currently maybe are someone who might identify with the term control freak. I never liked that term and always really pushed back and said, I'm just really particular and that's okay. And it is okay to be particular. Absolutely. I said this while needing to control everything around me to feel like I had some kind of hold on my life down to, I know I've given the example before of, you know, where the silverware went in the silverware organizer and how irrationally upset, that made me, but things were out of place and I needed them to be exactly where I needed them to be. I was obsessed with doing things a certain way, which was my way. And if it was different, it was absolutely wrong because I needed it to be the way I was used to in order to have that sense of control over my surroundings in my life. So if you're picking up what I'm putting down here, You know the levels of distress that can arise when someone or something deviates from my plan, the way that we want things to be, the way that we do them, which is obviously the right way and the only way, right? No, actually, there are as many different ways as there are people, and they may not all be the right way, in quotation marks to us, but they will all be the right way according to someone. So you see where the complexity of, you know, human interactions, social interactions, humanity uh, comes up there. Some people suggest that the need to control everything and everything, everything and everyone around us is in response to feeling powerless, in childhood. And that makes so much sense to me if we're looking through a trauma-informed lens here. When we grow up in situations that are chaotic or violent or neglectful or just not safe and stable, our nervous system will adjust in whatever way necessary to feel like there is some certainty and control so we can feel safe and do life this can lead to feeling like we need to control everything and becoming that very particular person in adulthood. Sometimes there's a strong sense of feeling like you are out of control when experiencing anxiety or overwhelm. And that means that you are operating from the idea that you need to be in control to control what you are experiencing and feeling. And we can't do this. We cannot control our experience. We cannot control our feelings. What we can do is suppress and deny and ignore. And that's what I think so many people operate with the understanding that emotional regulation or self-regulation actually means those things suppressing, denying, ignoring these feelings that we're having because we don't have time to deal with it right now. But that doesn't take away the thing that sparked the desire to gain control, right? So we don't need to get past stress and anxiety. We don't need to get over it. We don't need to solve it or any other feelings. All feelings are useful in trying to communicate a need to you, And we know that they don't always feel pleasant. Anxiety doesn't feel pleasant. Overwhelm does not feel pleasant. Being scared does not feel pleasant. But it provides us with a tool to get curious about what it is that is so important, important enough to us to be anxious. What is it that causes fear and discomfort? What is it that these sensations feel like in our body? What do they feel like? Where are they located? It's an opportunity to explore ourselves and be kind and curious in those moments. An opportunity to offer ourselves a little bit more freedom and acceptance of our whole humanity out of control and feeling all the feels. And so, in summary, the truth of our level of control often sits only in our perception of it. Between this real and perceived level of control is a choice that we have to believe in ourselves and our ability to affect the outcome of our lives. To take chances and feel more confident in our own autonomy and less likely to engage in the fuckery of trying to control everything around us. So what is it that we can control? And I always, I'm always very mindful of this word control, given my history of needing very much to stranglehold control things down to the last detail. So I use words like manage or navigate or relate to these things, because I think for some of us who have that tendency to want to control outcomes of things outside of us or at all. Uh, We cannot control outcomes. I think that those words uh, sit a little bit better. And so what is it that we can navigate? What is it that we can choose? We can choose where we spend our focus and attention. We can choose not what thoughts we have, but which ones we engage with, which ones we give that focus and attention to. We can choose what actions we take or do not take. We can choose what type of diet we have. And that is not limited to our food intake. What is it that we're reading? What is it that we're watching? What is it that we're listening to? Those are all things that we can choose. We can choose to change our attitude about something. And sometimes that one is really hard, but we do have that choice. And so I'm going to wrap this up. And we'll sort of pick up on the Locust of Control piece, which is very complimentary to this episode and I think adds a lot to it coming up, not next week, but the week after. There are so many nuggets in here to, to kind of sit with and sort through. And so I haven't challenged you f- to do anything for quite some time. But if you're into it, I challenge you to maybe take a, take some time, sit with a piece of paper, Or, you know, record yourself talking it through if that's better for you. And think about what it is that makes you feel either out of control and how you usually deal with that, and then how you would like to start dealing with that. Or just make, write down a list of the things that you do have within your control. And by that, I mean ability to choose and manage, and navigate, and relate to. When we're talking about this, it's all about the process. We can't control outcomes, but make a list. Really take time to pay attention to, and think very thoughtfully about what is it that I have the ability to choose in my attention, with my energy, and time, and my actions, and the resources that I have. Spend some time with that. That's my challenge to you this week. Thank you for being here. Endlessly appreciative and grateful for you being here for your time for your attention. If you found this episode useful, please do share it with a friend or someone who you think needs to hear this. And uh, then you know, more people can benefit from it. I am gonna wrap it up. I'm out of here. I'll see you next week with a guest very excited about that. Hope you have a beautiful week. Until next time. Peace out.